Good evening and welcome to another Friday, and yes, another Friday follow-up podcast brought to you, of course, by Equine Devils Advocate. Well, this week, ugh, gone, gone is that beautiful sunshine and that warm spring-like weather, and with it has gone equine nudity. It's all gone. Now we have mud, more mud. It's so much more March-esque. Rugs are back on. Rubber gear is back on. Oh, yuck. Yesterday was awful. Rain, 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 cold wind and just rain. Days like that actually make me lose the will to live. But on a very positive note... The goats have most definitely found the will to live. And for those of you that like to follow us on Facebook, there is a picture of two little cutie duties. Yep, they are all doing really well. And I have to say, they are very difficult to photograph because they're skipping about all the time. So, yes, it's not perhaps the most professional photographic picture. But you get the idea anyway. I did try and take a pic of the little teeny tilly tackers, the newborn triplets that were born the other day. Um, but they were actually all snuggled up together in this big pile of straw, sleeping. So the photograph that I did take, you couldn't really see them. There was a couple of ears and a bit of colour, and that was about it. And so, to today's podcast follow-up Friday and your correspondence to our question for the week, which this week was, can one, is it possible to transfer the feel of one horse to another? Now, perhaps a tad of a tricky question to get one's head around. I rather deduced this by your correspondence. Pretty much all of you sent your correspondence to Hot Stuff. Therefore, in essence, no, not possible. They are all too different. Some of you did, in fairness, say you didn't quite understand the concept. Fair point. But there was one brave person that elaborated just a tad. So let me read that correspondence to you now. This person also sent their correspondence to Hot Stuff and it begins like this. I don't think it's possible to transfer the feel from one horse to another. This is due to my own experience of having two completely different horses. One who really doesn't have a care in the world and you have to ride the life out of him and the other who is really sensitive. However, I do think there is theory behind being able to transfer the feel if you're able to ride well enough. I like to hope it's possible for me and not impossible. So yes, all in all, it is actually an interesting question and I fully appreciate it's quite a difficult question to find a personal answer to because possibly it very much depends 
depends upon, well, perhaps the opportunity to ride more than one and two horses, and also where exactly one is at in one's riding journey. So the interesting thing is we all start by just climbing on board and then getting used to the initial feel of a horse or a pony, what it's like to sit on, what it feels like when it starts to move, even in a slow walk. And that, let's face it, is tough task enough to begin with. Just managing to experience a rising trot for more than three or four strides without losing balance. And then, of course, to the canter. Just to go with that rhythm and balance, it's a big task until we find ourselves to be confident within it to some degree. As our confidence starts to come and it develops, the next step is probably to try it again, but on a different horse. And, of course, we are going through all the same gates and paces. But it will feel very different. Yet another interesting thing in this journey of ours. There comes a point at which we stop doing this. We stop being passive and just experiencing the feel. We then, at some point, start to tell the horse how we want it done. This is a fascinating transition. Perhaps we could put it under the umbrella of the schoolmaster scenario and we could say it's an important transition to develop more knowledge for the rider. And a development, perhaps the only way of learning. True. But in this transitional stage from one to the next, quite often what we tend to do is we tend to have a transformation in our attitude. Just give that a little thought for a moment. Because gone is the look after me horse, show me approach. And in fact, it then becomes make him or her tell them, the horses, what and how to do it. Usually, of course, this does come from encouragement from an instructor or a trainer. But it's only at this point that we even start to begin to consider ourselves as riders. Now, if for whatever reason we can't do it or make it happen, we to some degree feel we can't ride or at the very least are a lesser rider than those that can. And a term often used is somebody would say, oh, he or she is a very effective rider. But the effectiveness revolves purely around telling the horse what it must do and how 
it must do it. And, of course, lending our approval to the result that we get. Now, of course, it's sensible to look at this from different sides. There are two main sides. Of course, there is more in-depth and more individuality. But for the time being, let's just look at the two sides. It can be a good thing, of course. It is described as a rider educating, training, bringing a horse on in its ridden life and giving it confidence and knowledge that it will need for the future. Training, we call it. But within that training, it can also be done badly, incorrectly, harshly and ineffectively, as well as effectively. Goodness, people, you see, when we think about it, where else in this world is there a hobby, a recreational or professional sport? Where does that exist with so many variables and variations on a theme? I do not know. And so, you see, for me, this scenario just actually, for all its rights and wrongs and ups and downs and challenges, it just highlights how phenomenally generous and adaptable horses are. We begin by being so vulnerable and largely, yes, at their mercy, then there comes a point we take over and the majority of horses actually say, okay. Even when, in our inexperience, we train and educate badly. It is the horse that makes the effort to muddle through and make sense of what is being asked, no matter if it feels strange and wrong and awkward, difficult, incomprehensible. If it requires them to guess five or six times until hopefully they're somewhere reasonably close to right and we've got what we want and we're pleased, they will. How flexible they are in their generosity and so too how rigid do we become in our attitude. Something that is worth considering from time to time. But, so, let's go back to the question. Can one transfer the feel from one horse to another? Well, people, the answer is categorically, absolutely, undeniably, 100% yes. The answer comes from the camp of Biscuit. Yes, yes, yes. So, let me help you out here with, with somewhat of, a, of an overview of explanation. And I think once you hear it pointed out, you will understand it and it will make absolute sense. You see, if we look at what we come across on a daily basis, you will see it happen everywhere, time and time and time again. Really, I hear you say, really? Yes, really. Have a think. Think back 
to anything you have witnessed where one person, one person in particular, riding a variety of horses gets the same result. All the horses do pretty much exactly the same as the previous or the next. Now, this may be something that happens in a good way or in a not so very good way. Firstly, let's explore what a good way scenario could look like. Consider this as an example. Your trainer, instructor or friend climbs on board your horse and rides it. The end result of which is you say, oh, he or she goes beautifully for you. He or she is so relaxed with you. A noticeable transformation for the better. You've probably all witnessed something like this. And equally, being, of course, equine devil's advocate, we have to look at the flip side. Pick a person. Every horse this person rides does something, should we call it negative? It does something, something demonstrative. That would be a better way of putting it. It stops at the same fence. It spooks at puddles. It won't stand still when they get on. Whatever it may be, there is something that each horse that person rides will do the same as the previous or the next. Now you may be thinking, and you could say to yourself or to others or to us, no, 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 no. That's the rider. That's the person. Well, maybe, yes, a teeny tad. But that initial inkling of knowledge, feel, idea, behavior, comprehension of that behavior has come from another horse. No rider has any prior knowledge of that feel response, that behavior, good or bad, correct or incorrect, until a horse gives it to them, shows it to them, allows them to feel it. And they then take that knowledge, that feel experience, as being something they now know. The origin of that feel, whichever one it may be, can only come in the beginning from a horse. And this, you see, people, is one of the most tricky things to navigate in our riding journey. Navigating feel and transfer of feel. How many times have you heard someone say, oh, he or she doesn't do that with me in a good way, or he or she doesn't do that with me, as in, in a bad way. He or she won't do that for me. He or she doesn't do that with you. I never knew he or she could go that well. There are so many different scenarios, but in truth, it is the same thing. It is the transfer of feel that someone has learnt from one horse and taken it to another. Of course, logically speaking, 
all these fields and instructions are something we need to learn, or that we choose to learn. The horse pretty much can do most of them naturally if it needs to. This, what we need to learn, encompasses every ridden feel—balance, rhythm, contact—all of them. And when we find that key, that information that we are told and we believe it to be right, correct, good, guaranteed, we will take it to the next horse we ride. Perhaps slowly and progressively, or perhaps quickly and instantly. Guaranteed, that is what we will do. And here is, of course, where our individual circumstances play quite a substantial part. It depends so much on what sort of horse or pony we learn on, what access we have at our disposal. A horse or pony that is perhaps, oh, elderly, a bit on the slow side, probably stiff, is more often than not the safest and most desirable bet to climb on initially. And it is true, there are thousands of them out there, and they are doing a brilliant job for us. We'd like to think that they are valued and loved. Hopefully, for their unerring generosity. Now, if that type of horse or pony were not available to us, and it were only those with, oh my goodness, the biggest, most elastic, free-moving, forward, supple paces, well, I actually think there would be a lot less people riding, <laughs> because those two fields are. Worlds apart. In truth, they bear no resemblance to each other, and the latter description of horse can hardly be considered suitable or truly beginner safe. But going back to the feel, so much of our complex task of navigating through the transition from passenger to controller. Depends on how right, correct we think and are told that the feel is. If that feel is what we ask for, ride for, train with, that is what we will get, be it good, bad, or indifferent. And that is the feel that we transfer from one horse. To the next, perhaps it is quite a lot to get one's head around, and it certainly is food for thought. So, another way of looking at it, perhaps let's take your first experience of canter. What could that be like? What could it most be most likely? I mean to say, be like on a a generous little safe riding school horse. That's probably got small, quick, easy strides, and goes from trot to canter in such a way that's almost hardly noticeable, and the rhythm is so easy to sit to for a beginner, almost imperceivable, and then suddenly, oh, you're in canter. Let's say, then, over time, you become confident, and you choose to ride. A horse for the first time with a big c 
left-hander stride, lots of bounce in the stride and lots of forward momentum. Pretty much guaranteed you're not going to feel very confident with that second feel. It may well unnerve you somewhat. And guaranteed, in order to feel more secure and to gain your confidence, you would want that second canter to be more like the first, closer in feel to what you feel more confident with. And of course, here is the flip side. When you follow that process and you finally master the second bigger, bouncier canter and start to love that feel, the first canter that you loved so much originally will now fall into a different category in your mind. Probably into a category of not good enough, not appreciated in the way that it once was. You may say you have grown out of it. If not, the feel that you now wish to take to that horse is the one that you love the most. It's the one now that you want to improve and make it as good as the second one. Or you will want to forget it and leave it in the past as you have moved on. So, perhaps we should ask ourselves, are we ever satisfied? Or is this world of horses the most amazing opportunity to explore, to further, to greater, to better, and a journey that never actually ends? Could be. And let's face it, it has to be said, it's a journey that is only available to us because of the generosity and adaptability of these amazing creatures that we know as horses. And should we, perhaps, out of respect for them, learn to be a little bit more adaptable ourselves? And so, on that note, I will leave you with much food for thought, I know, until this coming Monday, where there will be more adventures of Captain Adam and Quadril. And we will find out whether I managed to take the feel of a 17-hand Gelderlander mare to a 14-1 small horse pony. Let's find out. Please do join us on Podbean, of course, iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, and our website, www.equine.com devilsadvocate.com and so until then have a great weekend I do hope the weather is kinder to you than it is to us till then wherever you are whatever you're doing please do take care and we will of course speak very soon